Uh, right, hello uh, everybody and welcome to today's Trend Signal podcast. It is the uh, 3rd of August 2020 and here we're going to be looking at how to trade the Forex and stock markets with our podcast and giving an update, an overview of what's been happening over the last uh, few days since last time. Uh, there's been some big moves on the dollar, big moves on the tech stocks again, equities, particularly in the States, continuing to have a, a big rise uh, last week. Uh, so there really is a lot, uh, very much to go through. And uh, as ever, uh, we're joined with uh, Jerry Miller, our chief analyst and chief executive, uh, who's going to be giving us our, his uh, views on what's happening. So, Jerry, hello to you. Hi there. Morning, everyone. Good. Uh, so, Jerry, why don't you um, give us a bit of an overview? Like I said, it, it really has been a lot about the dollar uh, and probably the tech stocks this week. Earnings season um, for the tech stocks last week. We talked about that as well, didn't we? Yeah, uh, it was uh, quite a week, really. I mean, a, a blowout uh, uh, quarter for some of these big tech stocks, uh, the likes of uh, uh, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, uh, Apple up, gosh, 10% on its um, results, uh, Q2 results, um, Facebook 8%, Amazon 3.7%. I mean, uh, Amazon, God, what is it, $1.65 trillion, something like that. Um, just an extraordinary outcome. Uh, you, you'd think that rubber band wouldn't be stretched anymore, but stretched it was. Um, but I, I think I think the markets um, beginning of this week, uh, uh, there seems to be more questions uh, about the uh, uh, shape of the U US recovery. Uh, and I think that's been reflected in uh, an acceleration in the dollar sell off, um, yeah. despite despite the consensus beating forecast from uh, those stocks we just mentioned. Um, I, I think there is an underlying feeling that um, the early easing of the lockdown and then the subsequent re, you know, locking down as it were from sort of mid late June, um, a lot of investors are now worried about a slowdown in the economy as the southern states have had to do this lockdown. Uh, and the data really going forward now will tell uh, us how well um, uh, the US economy has been faring. And, and it's a pivotal week this week, Adrian. We've, we've got yeah. non-farm payroll and everything else. But gosh, it was a it was an interesting month, I have to say, a really interesting month. Well, that's month. the thing, isn't it? Because I, I suppose often looking at monthly or quarterly numbers, so here we are um, looking at the, the month that was, the quarter that was. Um, mm. And it, you know, it it is going to be interesting. When I was looking at some charts over the weekend of the um, infection rates in the states and just how horrendously managed it's really been in uh, Florida and states like Texas, um, which have had sort of sharp increases, particularly um, Texas. Whereas if you look at places like um, New York, which took the brunt of it at the beginning and had the densely populated area that it is, um, it actually fared pretty well. It's been pretty flat um, more recently. Mm. So. Yeah, it can be done there, but they just uh, election year. We, we've talked about it before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah Trump was um, foolishly convinced that it was just the stock market that mattered. But actually, uh, the polling uh, suggests that it's not the stock market, it's the mishandling of the pandemic. And there's been mm. a, a reluctant sort of acknowledgement of that. And, uh, and I, I think Trump's tried to goad the Democrats by um, suggesting the election should be uh, delayed, which will never happen, by the way. Uh, but it did go to the Democrats. But of course, the Democrats are goading Trump uh, with the, the, the Democrat uh, front runner for the nomination, who is going to be the uh, candidate for the uh, Democrats, Joe Biden. His secret weapon is silence. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's nothing more annoying for Trump than someone who never says anything. <laughs> Let the Republicans implode themselves. It's, yeah, um, well, but, you know, you, you talk about the prosperity of the stock market. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it's not the broad traditional market though is it this is the thing you look at how you know when are we going to talk about the review but the FTSE got pretty panned last week the uh, the DAX had a pretty torrid time whereas you know overall the the the, the um the indices yeah they fared okay um, yeah the US indices you're referring to yeah absolutely yeah. they did yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, and you know, and of course, it's not, you know, it, it's mostly fueled by, you know, half a dozen stocks. Uh, I think it's probably a bit unfair, but you know, it, it, it it's not the broad, um, traditional um, stock market that I think we're used to. So when people are talking about all oh, the U.S. stock market is doing ever so well, it's not necessarily. It's just a handful of stocks are doing phenomenally well, um, I think, and it's easy to to distort the numbers in that way. Yeah. Well, you you, yeah. you you've talked about, or we've talked about the uh, the big tech their blowout sort of uh, Q2 results. Uh, look at the, so, so just the, the moves on the month, quite interesting. The S&P up 176 points on the month, which is 5.6%. They contain all of those big tech stocks. The Dow, which is a selective ind uh, uh, index uh, with 30 stocks that are, it's a price weighted index, only up 663 points. I say only, it sounds okay, but that's 2.57% compared to 56 so mm. that's be more than double. And then you look at the FTSE down 277. The DAX pretty much unchanged at minus 33, which is just a quarter of a percent. But the S&P is the standout market. Why? We've just mentioned it. Big tech that dominate the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, of course. And the top five companies in the S&P 500 account for 20 percent of the market capitalization of the index. So you only need those five stocks to do what they're doing. And wow, the index is going to be pushed up significantly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we've seen some fantastic trades on the back of it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily got a problem with it if it leads to great opportunities. I mean, at Trends, you know, we're not really stock traders per se, um, as much as, as looking at the indices themselves and looking at the, the foreign exchange. And we can see some fantastic accelerator opportunities that we've had on our D1 accelerator for the S&Ps here. Um, and you compare the sort of the high highs, high lows we've been getting there to, to uh, say, the FTSE, which um gave us a fantastic short on the 30th so that's thursday night and you know so where we're buying those other indices we're actually shorting the footsie um and you know, making some decent profits on that as well and it it feels a bit odd going one direction on the uh, on the s p's and the other on the footsie but hey, jerry you just explain exactly why that is and why it's happening um and, and the dollar yeah. as well dollars having a big impact the pounds having a big, big impact on the footsie too so it's not just that tech weighting it's also the fact that the pound's been having quite a move isn't it yeah well actually that sums it up really it's a lot of it is down to uh, the relative strength or weakness of currencies um, so for example last week the FTSE was down 3.7 percent the Dow unchanged the S&P up 55.75 percent DAX down a whopping 524 so the DAX got clobbered last week four yeah. percent and likewise the Nikkei and this is because why the the euro was very, very strong. Sterling, even stronger. Sterling, good old sterling. Um, yeah. But it's it's the dollar, uh, the dollar that suffered with an acceleration in its sell-off. Uh, I think you know as we've, we've been referring to the uh, questions over the, the the recovery there, and a lot of questions have been asked about the shape of that recovery and the potential, uh, you know, for more monetary stimulus from the Fed, which would weaken the currency even further. 
Um, and but, what's, um, what's interesting with the uh, the euro is that you know with our accelerated strategy, I'm just showing the chart here. It's quite a quick, quite a you know, it's quite an active uh, strategy. Not normally in rotations for more than two or three days. I mean, you can see that previously with the turns earlier in the chart. But we had a buy uh, back on the first of July, and we've been in a buy the whole month. I and mean, that's just very, very rare that you get that on this um, on this strategy. And of course, from one twelve fifty one was the entry. And we've seen up to 119 uh, on the euro against the US dollar. So massive moves on the euro and the US dollar there. Uh, and similarly with the pound as well. Um, you know, the last trading opportunity we had was on the 20th of July, at 126 and a half, pretty much gone up to one sort of 131 and a half. Again, that's about a 500 pip rally in a couple of weeks. Um, so it just goes to show just the, the relative movement of the dollar over that period. And of course, you know, with the pound rising, that does have that big impact on um, on the FTSE stocks uh, there as well, because they're generally exporting um, uh, companies uh, pretty much. Um, OK, um, Jerry, anything else to, um, to cover off on? Um, I guess we can have a quick look at the commodities, uh, can't we? That's for sure. Yeah, we can do. I mean, just quickly referencing the dollar before we move on, um, the move in July. Uh, was 4.4%. So the dollar lost 4.4% of value in one month. And this is extraordinary. That's after, you know, June wasn't exactly brilliant, but that's the worst monthly, worst monthly performance since September 2010. So it's, it's, it's wow. significant. And that was as we were just emerging from the uh, great financial uh, crisis. Um, so it, it puts it in context. And sterling as well. Sterling always surprising analysts both on the downside and now on the upside uh, and this is a very very impressive rebound certainly against the dollar and the euro uh, mm. but i think what i would say to everyone is that what is not surprising is that sterling remains volatile which is yeah, yeah. You know, sterling pairs they're great to trade adrian we, we've we've talked about this a long time they've always been the more interesting pairs and not only is i guess everywhere has got covid right now but we've also got the added flavor of brexit as well so it's just creating that instability that uh, uh, and that extra movement uh, as opposed to other pairs so from a, uh, an opportunity perspective yeah there's there's a lot there in the pound uh, that's for yeah. sure um as there is in gold at the moment i think we, we we definitely need to talk about that today as it's just had a um an insane uh, couple of weeks you know the last buy on the accelerator strategy at 20 on the 20th of july at 1815 or 1816 oh, what a ridiculous move i mean it's rallied about 1600 points um in about two two and a bit weeks it's insane uh, why is it doing that jerry Wow. Well, yeah, gosh, look at that. So not quite at the $2,000 an ounce level, but very, very close. Um, gold really uh, continues to benefit from the acceleration in dollar weakness. So um, with a weaker dollar in the in euros and in sterling and in Swiss franc and in Japanese yen, gold is not that expensive. And that's the reason why it's been pushed even higher as the dollar weakens. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's benefiting from that. And also it's all benefiting from the fact that the US economy has started to wobble. At least that's the feeling. Um, and, and gold effectively is behaving like a currency, which is typically what it, it can do. Uh, but it reflects dollar weakness. But I would warn you that any snap back in the dollar, i.e. a sudden recovery in the dollar, for whatever reason, whether it's rumors about the Fed not 
uh, providing any more monetary stimulus to the market uh, or other things that other other announcements that may suggest that things aren't quite as bad as that uh, as it may look at the moment that causes the dollar to snap back it will also call, cause gold to snap back but um, there is a lot of reference in the press now a report from Goldman Sachs about questioning the uh, US dollars at reserve status uh, as a global reserve currency so but it, this always happens doesn't it it's sort of like mm. uh, uh, you know uh, the recurring uh, argument and discussion but i don't think that's going to change anytime soon in the next sort of two three four years quite frankly no dollar weakness is simply down to the fact that the us used to have a, a, a good interest rate differential where it paid to hold dollars but not anymore yeah 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 okay um and oil um continues to be uh, following the stock market I, 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 to a certain extent. Yeah, it's pretty uninteresting, Adrian, really. Um, tight range. We need more data on the shape of the recovery in the US and global economies. Uh, but it's quite interesting to see the difference between uh, the two oils, uh, UK oil being uh, Brent, the global benchmark, and US oil uh, or WTI, West Texas Intermediate, actually being the very domestic focused oil. Um, last week, Brent was up 40 cents. And you might think, well, what's that got? That's not much, isn't it? Uh, and it's not. It's less than 1%. But US oil down 80 cents. So that's down close on 2%. So there is a divergence there. And uh, obviously, yeah. um, um, there is a concern about the US economy. And any, uh, any slowdown there will hit the domestic oil market more than the global benchmark. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Um, so, anything else to add, Jerry, before we uh, conclude uh, today's podcast? Well, we could talk for a long time, but this, this is, uh, yeah, that sort of covers most of it. Um, yeah, uh, just an interesting week, and 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 it's going to prove to be a very interesting month to come uh, in August, where a lot of people aren't actually on holiday, believe it or not. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be quite strange. active. Strange times continue, don't they? And of course, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be recording our um, podcast in a second about the sort of main events for the week. But with non-farm payroll coming up this week, it could really set the tone uh, for the markets for the month ahead. But look, we'll um, we'll we'll dial out now, uh, Jerry, and then we'll uh, we'll catch up in a few minutes for the uh, for the next podcast. But everybody, in the meantime, um, we are hosting some uh, live events this week. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Trendsignal, how we do things here, and maybe actually learn a strategy strategy that you can use to apply to the markets, the foreign exchange, the indices, the commodities yourself to pick up some of the great trades that I've been talking about in today's session and make sure you come along and book in for one of our free live events. Now, you should see on screen the link. But I'll read it out as well if you're just listening to us um, there. So it's bit.ly bit.ly slash learn TS. So bit.ly slash learn TS. Go to that link, register in for a free place at one of our three upcoming live events that we've got this week. And we'll teach you one of our favorite trading strategies to help you to identify high probability turning points to help boost your trading results. So in the meantime, everybody, uh, we hope to see you on one of those live events. But if not, have a great week's trading uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye for now.